YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. Subscribe, like the videos, click the bell for notifications. Glenn Beck is going to be here with a sexy Valentine's Day interview that you will not want to miss when he talks about the naked truth about Joe Biden. You will be disturbed by that. We also do have some uh, really bizarre news going on today. We're going to get into this a little bit later. Uh, we have this shooting uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade. Uh, one dead and 10 to 15 injured is what we the numbers we have right now. As you know, one of these stories that's developing. We don't know much about it at this point, uh, but we will get you the details uh, as we uh, go on today and tomorrow. And of course, we'll have those on radio for you as well. Also, a very strange story today where a Republican kind of just tweeted out, hey, there's some uh, major uh, foreign uh, threat to our country that President Biden needs to declassify. We go through several layers of leaks about this story and eventually land on Russian space weapons. Uh, and it seems like there's a big warning on Russia and what's going on with their potential uh, a nuclear program in space. Eventually, if you keep reading and reading and reading all the leaks, eventually you get to the point that these weapons aren't even deployed yet. Okay, so they're supposedly a threat on this intelligence uh, front that is a, a long-term threat but has not even been uh, deployed yet. And so it's not like we're going to have nuclear weapons raining down on us from space. It could be an anti-satellite weapon. There's a bunch of different things. Uh, but I don't know if this happened to you the second you heard this story, but this is exactly what happened to me. It's awfully convenient that we would hear about this news right as they're trying to get $60 billion to go to Ukraine to fight against Russia. Like, propping them up as a bigger threat in the public's eyes is beneficial as they're trying to pass this funding uh, program. And look, I, I am not a person who likes Russia. I don't like Vladimir Putin. I don't think they are the good guys in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. There's a lot, I, I, maybe out of step with some people, whatever. My point is, I do see Russia as a threat, and I do worry about them as one of our main geopolitical foes. That being said, this seems a little shady, like a little bit like uh, we're getting this information to push through uh, this funding, which, again, not a huge surprise. But the fact that these aren't even deployed weapons yet indicates, hey, we should have a plan to stop them. Uh, I know Donald Trump, of course, had the Space Force situation, which you know has been mocked by everybody, including Steve Carell and Netflix. Uh, but uh, you know, certainly we do need assets to make sure that we are not being attacked from space. Uh, this is something, of course, Reagan tried to do back in the day, and it is something that is real. You know, we we do have to worry about these threats long term. But I think the headlines of these stories have more to do with the, the pending funding request than it has to do with uh, the fact that we might have nuclear weapons raining down in our heads by tomorrow. Now, look, if tomorrow your city gets blown up by a nuclear weapon, while you're dealing with all the radiation, you can go back in and be like, Stu, you got that one wrong. And I will have to accept that. I mean, I won't want to get near you because I don't want to get the radiation, but I, I will accept blame on that particular thing. Now, of course, that's just one of, you know, a hundred major stories going on right now. We did have something that hasn't happened in 150 years in this country that happened yesterday. It almost feels like old news now. Um, Re Republicans did impeach Mayorkas. Alejandro Mayorkas, or as I like to call him, Greek yogurt. You've got uh, Oikos 
and Chobani and Mayorkas. Uh, all the new acai berry uh, Mayorkas is delicious. Try it sometime. Um, Mayorkas is the first cabinet official to be impeached since the 1870s. Just the 1870s. A vote made more, all the more remarkable by Republicans' inability to pass the same articles of impeachment last week when three GOP members joined Democrats to tank the resolution, citing concerns that their colleagues were abusing their impeachment power. The vote was made possible only by the return of House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who missed last week's vote while undergoing treatment for blood cancer. Republican leadership brought the vote to the floor last Tuesday, thinking they had enough members to clinch a win, only to be surprised by the return of Representative Al Green, a Democrat from Texas who left the hospital bed where he was recovering from surgery to cast his no vote in a dramatic twist. And we were told this was dramatic at the time. We were told this was uh, horribly embarrassing. What a failure by Mike Johnson. And like, can we end it with this can we end it? This is the coverage every single time. And I hope people in Washington have a different perspective than it seems like everybody in the media has on this. Look, stop being embarrassed about losing votes. Sometimes you're going to lose some votes. They had to wait, what, a week? And then they got what they wanted anyway? Were they really embarrassed? Were they, was that really that embarrassing that they lost a vote by one vote? So what? People need to get over this. This is the United States we're talking about. This is an important uh, issue. Like, don't worry about it. So what if you get embarrassed? If you get embarrassed, you lose by a vote, suck it up buck up and bring it back again, which is what they did here, and they did the right thing, and they were able to get this through. Look, they've got a majority of, like, two votes. It's really hard to get stuff passed right now. That's the whole game. The fa- it's Like, well, they, I, I can't believe it. Last time they tried to get somebody impeached uh, in a, in a, for, as a cabinet member, uh, they, it was 150 years, and now they brought it up and they failed. This is so embarrassing. Well, you know, 150 years ago, they didn't have this problem with the majority. When you have a majority of two or three votes, you're going to lose some votes. That's all. Not that big a deal. No one remembers. No one's going to remember Al Green's dramatic moment when we look back at this. The guy got impeached a week later. You know what they're going to say about Al Green? So what? He should have stayed in bed. Made sure he got the medicine he needed. What was the purpose? I mean, these, these guys, like, they, they make this out to be some, some you know, like, like, like you're bombing on a stand-up comedy set. This is not what this is. Go there and do the right thing. If you don't get the votes, you don't get the votes. Don't be embarrassed about it. Let's go back and try to do the next best thing. Try to do the next right thing. That's what you should do. The media is going to blow this out of proportion either way anyway. They're not going to say it was a serious effort anyway. Just go do the right thing. Now, if you want to prevent this supposed embarrassment in the future, win more seats. Run candidates in districts that fit the districts and win the districts. You know, the Republican platform... You know, some some of some parts of it are not that popular. You know, uh, some of the abortion stuff that I really feel strongly about isn't always the best polling stuff. You know, I get that. I don't care. I'm still going to support it. But it is something that you can run into some political problems with. I don't support a, a, a federal minimal wage, minimum wage. I think it's a terrible idea. I think it, it distorts the economy and does bad things uh, to the people who it's supposed to help. That being said, it's like 85 percent um, uh, in polling. Everyone loves the minimum wage. I, I'm in the minority on that one. Some of the some of the policies that conservatives believe are not all that popular. Uh, but you know what? You need to run candidates that win elections uh, in their districts. And the Republican platform generally is actually does pretty well uh, in these in these uh, elections. You know, people want more control of their lives. They want uh, you know, they want they like their the police to not be defunded. Uh, They they believe they have a right to carry firearms. They believe uh, in the in the uh, in their rights to free speech, not to be censored. 
they believe in, in their rights to have their own money and not be boggled, bogged down by constant uh, regulation. They want to be able to live their lives. That's a popular platform. And if you present that in a way that's palatable to people, you generally win elections. You know, people like to say, oh, Ronald Reagan, that was a million years ago. Well, the Ronald Reagan thing was pretty popular, did pretty well. Well, we won 49 states with it. It wasn't that bad. And again, you could take elements of what has come out of the more recent you know, change in the Republican platform. You could take elements that are from the Reagan revolution. There's still lots of good things there. But if you if you get a two seat majority, you're going to lose some of these things. And the way to avoid that is get a 20 seat majority and you lose some of the people in the middle. Yeah, but that, you still get the stuff passed. But remember, in a week, no one's going to remember the first. No one even remembers it. Don't even talks about it anymore. It's going to be gone forever. Stop worrying about your embarrassment. Um, Speaker Johnson says Mayorkas deserved to be impeached. And of course, he, he did deserve that. He's done an absolutely terrible job. Let me give you the uh, statement. This is from Johnson. For nearly a year, the House Homeland Security Committee has taken a careful and methodical approach to this investigation. And the results are clear. From his first day in office, Secretary Mayorkas has willfully and consistently refused to comply with federal immigration laws, fueling the worst border catastrophe in American history. There's nothing you can take from that statement that can possibly be questioned as truthful. It's all true. All of it. Uh, You want to say some of it is, uh, you know, exaggerated? I don't think he can. I mean, it's from his first day. He has undermined public trust with multiple false statements to Congress, obstructed lawful oversight of the Department of Homeland Security, and violated his oath of office. Alejandro Mayorkas, or Greek yogurt, deserves to be impeached, and Congress has a constitutional obligation to do so. Next to a declaration of war, impeachment is arguably the most serious authority given to the House, and we've treated this matter accordingly. Since the secretary refuses to do the job that the Senate confirmed him to do, the House must act. That is true. Uh, you know, we, we talk, uh, this, uh, this is a big Woodrow Wilson pitch back in the day, that we have co-equal branches of government. Eh, not really. Congress is a superior branch of government. Congress has the power to throw out members of the other branches. <laughs> no one else has got that power. They do. And Congress can use this power. There's an argument uh, from the founding era, and, and really the suspicion of the founders back in the day was that impeachment would be used more often than it has been. It would be a frequently used power for people who violated uh, their duties. This is something that they talked about quite a bit. Now, there's, of course, some pushback. There were three Republicans who uh, voted uh, in an interesting, in somewhat interesting way. I don't know how much anyone cares about this stuff, but like, you know, uh, Tom McClintock isn't like a hardcore, he's not like a Adam Kinzinger, right? Like he's not like that's not who he is. He was, you know, he's a relatively conservative guy. Ken Buck is a relatively conservative guy as well. Uh, and it was Gallagher was the third. So you have three Republicans who voted against it. Mostly their argument was, if we do this, we're going to set this thing into motion where everyone's going to get impeached all the time. That's probably true. However, with the exception of the setting it in motion part, it's already in motion. The the Democrats did this last time, and I know you did it first is not a good principled argument, but it is. These are the results of what happens when you just start impeaching Donald Trump over and over and over again on highly questionable uh, pathways. When you do that, I mean, the second time they didn't even try to make the case. They were just like, hey, did you watch the news last week? Remember, Donald Trump was president then. Throw this guy. I mean, like that's not even it wasn't even a real hearing. 
When you do that, uh, the other side's going to respond. And if they don't respond, they're going to get rolled over over and over and over again. And it's tough. I mean, like, it just becomes a tactical war at this point. Joe Biden, of course, did not like this. He had an, a statement as well. He says history will not look kindly on House Republicans for their blatant act of unconstitutional partisanship that has targeted an honorable public servant in order to play petty political games. Now, this is one part that's completely ridiculous. It's absolutely constitutional. Absolutely constitutional what they did. You might not agree with it. You might not think that it rose to the level of, 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 of an impeachment. But what they did was completely constitutional and they did it the right way. Um, this impeachment already failed once on a bipartisan vote. Instead of staging political stunts like this, Republicans with genuine concerns about the border should want Congress to deliver more border resources and stronger border security. Or maybe have the president actually enforce the laws that we have. That would be another thing that he could just do. We already know that, of course, President Trump was harder on the border than President Biden. And we saw, honestly, we saw the same thing with freaking President Obama. I mean, we don't even have to go just to Trump. I mean, we, President Obama was better on the border than President Biden. We're seeing ridiculous records set over and over and over and over again. House GOP considering expanding Biden impeachment probe to cover the border after the Mayorkas impeachment. And I think this is a good idea, and it's something I think it's important for us to focus on. Because the one criticism of, of, of the uh, Mayorkas impeachment that I have sympathy for is the idea that we're impeaching the wrong person. Now, I don't see why you couldn't do both. So I'm going to say that I think Mayorkas is still uh, should be should have been impeached. But like if let's just say Mayorkas was working for Donald Trump and he was doing what he was doing here, he would definitely be impeached. Right. Because Donald Trump would be saying, hey, you secure the border and Mayorkas would be ignoring him. He should be impeached or fired somehow, uh, you know, through the, uh, the the normal process that the president would go through. This is not that case, though. Mayorkas is just executing the will of the president of the United States. He is taking policy directives, not from his own vibes, but from Joe Biden. Joe Biden is telling him to do all these things that are hurting us on the border. Joe Biden is telling him to ignore this law and this law and this law and this law. Don't enforce this. Don't enforce that. Don't enforce this. Don't enforce that. He is executing the policy of the president of the United States. And the person who should be held responsible, at least in tandem with Mayorkas, is Joe Biden. Joe Biden also deserves, if we're going to do an impeachment anyway and all the other shady stuff he's got going on, this should be included. It should be thrown in there. Let people vote on it. Again, and don't be embarrassed if it doesn't work. So what? So what? It, 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 it deserves, like, the founders looked at this process specifically for things like this, what's going on at the border. It, you know, it wasn't as much about, I mean, of course, high crimes and misdemeanors are part of it, but, like, when you're taking uh, your constitutional duties and ignoring them, uh, that is uh, fundamentally what impeachment was for. It was more, in, in some ways, honestly, you, you know me, because I could sit here and rant about the student loan situation all day, and I know you've heard me do that a hundred times, but like that is also central to this. I mean, there's a hundred things you can impeach this guy for if you really want to. The question really comes back to politics. Do you believe it would be politically beneficial, or do you look at the ultimate impeachment process, which is the vote in a few months as a way to get rid of him? It's um, an understandable one. I, I don't fault the Republicans, if what they said was like, look, we've made this case, vote this guy out. You know, that, that's, that's fine with me. I mean, the American people should have veto rights on these things uh, in my mind. And that's what I think they should have done with Donald Trump. Look, you, get, you want Donald Trump to not be president anymore? Don't try it. Don't, wor don't worry about it. impeaching him and throwing him off ballots. Go out and beat him. Beat him. You guys are the ones that said he was, you know, Hitler incarnate. If you, you know, go out and win. Get more votes than the guy. That's all. That's all you got to do. 
House Republicans opened the impeachment inquiry over Biden's potential involvement with his family members' foreign business dealings, including his son Hunter and brother James. I hope we'll impeach Secretary Mayorkas tonight, which of course they wound up doing, but the buck stops with Joe Biden, said Jim Banks in Indiana. All the reasons that you're impeaching Secretary Mayorkas are doubly important to impeaching Joe Biden. Thank you. Thank you for making that case. It's really, really an important one. Now, of course, in the midst of this, we're still setting new records on the border. A number of migrant encounters at the southern border hit a new January record. This is down a little bit from December, thankfully, but it is still a record for January. The number of migrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border. New record for January, 176,000 migrant encounters at the southern border in January. According to the data, previous high was in 2023 when the CBP recorded 157,000. So you're getting the pattern there. All the new records are just breaking old Biden records. This is the problem. You know, he's really, really bad at this. I mean, if you look at the numbers of crossings per year, it's and we never hit. I don't think we ever hit a million in a year uh, before Joe Biden and at least not in recent memory. And now we're over a million every year. Ever since Joe Biden came in, over a million every single year. Speaker Mike Johnson wants Biden meeting uh, before any action on Ukraine and Israel aid package. Uh, he's his staff has requested meetings with the Biden uh, White House through senior White House officials several times over the past months over Johnson's trip last month to Eagle Pass. The most recent request uh, in a meeting, uh, excuse me, for a meeting came just over a week ago, several days before the Senate passed a bipartisan $95 billion national security package and before House Republicans impeached Mayorkas. You know, look, the, the conversations aren't going to lead to anything. I mean, of course, keeping those conversation uh, pathways open is important, but we're not going to get to anything. Mike Lee is happy about the Mayorkas impeachment, and now we've got a trial to conduct. Uh, that is true. Uh, Ted Cruz says Mayorkas' historic lawlessness and failure to enforce our immigration statutes demanded a historic response. I'm glad the House voted to impeach him. I will vote to convict. Uh, Babylon B reporting Mayorkas says he's not sure how he can be impeached when he doesn't even do anything. It's a fair point. I mean, it's the best line of defense I've heard from Mayorkas so far. Now, this will go to the Senate. They can't do anything else until they do this trial. They can refer it to a committee and continue normal business, which is, I guess, what they'll probably do here. Uh, but that is, uh, you know, of course, not going to go anywhere in the Senate. The Senate's going to reject it. Um, this is, of course, what the Democrats should expect after what they did with Trump. You know, you go after Trump and try to impeach him over and over and over again for borderline or stupid issues, and you're going to get responses. And you know what? I hate, I hate, I'm sorry if you're the Secretary of Agriculture in the next Trump administration, you're probably getting impeached too. It's going to be sad, it's going to be tragic, but this is now the way of the world and probably will be going on until the end of time. Three GOPers who voted against it, uh, you know, yes, they say that they were setting a bad precedent. And I think that is true. I don't like extending these precedents. I don't like this back and forth when it comes to uh, this stuff. But it's already in motion. This has already happened. It's already over. Like, this is going to be the new way of the world for the foreseeable future. You better get used to it. And I don't think that there's any way to stop that. They're going to respond. Of course, the Democrats are going to respond the same way. And, you know... I will say impeachment, the value of impeachment is probably going to change. Like, I, you know, when Clinton was impeached, the world stopped. When Trump was impeached the first time, we were, people were like, wow, I can't believe this is going on. 
Um, you know, now that the second time people were like, all right, we already saw this movie. You already tried this thing. Now Mayorkas, I think there's even lo lower priority on it. Uh, it's just not going to be held up to that same standard anymore. And, and again, as I pointed out, the founders did think that it would be used more frequently than it has been used. So that might not even be a bad thing. Um, they wanted impeachment to be more common for things like this. They saw people just having moral failings as reason to get thrown out of office. I mean, God, if they saw this country the way it is now, they wouldn't even recognize it. Um, all that, though, does that make it take away from the merits of the case? I would argue no. I mean, look, there's a strong case against Mayorkas. Uh, he is one of many people who are in the chain of command here when it comes to our border that deserve to be gone. It's not unconstitutional no matter how many times they say it. But the person who really should be at the end of all of this is not Mayorkas. Mayorkas is, uh, you know, um, a, uh, a high-protein Greek yogurt also a terrible official, and he has committed all sorts of, I believe, violations of his oath. Uh, and I think that is more than enough reason for him to be removed. But he is taking direction from the president of the United States. The president of the United States, the same guy who says he wants to shut down the border if he was just given more tools, has intentionally, intentionally advised Mayorkas to ignore the law over and over and over and over again. So yes, Mayorkas deserves blame for that, but the person at the end of all of this, this chain of blame needs to be the president of the United States. This past December, drug shortages hit a record high, and this is causing all sorts of disruptions in medical treatments. It's funny, we were talking about the border, and it's like, we'll let all sorts, like fentanyl can come across as much as they need, and God only knows what else is coming across our border, all sorts of illegal drugs, but we can't get the legal ones here anymore. So this is going really, really well. Uh, there are delays, there are treatment cancellations for uh, doctors who just want to give treatment to their patients, things that... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure when they went to medical school, the last thing where they were thinking is that they weren't going to be able to get the antibiotics they needed to treat patients. There's over 290 different medications that are in shortage right now. And doctors are having all sorts of problems with this. You don't have to, though. You can have the medicine that you need if you have the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can get your own. You can then buy one for a, a family member. You can buy a gift card. They can customize it. It's really great. They'll let you kind of personalize this as you need it. And JaceMedical.com has great deals going on as well. It's J-A-S-E-Medical.com. You enter the code STU at checkout. You get a discount on your order. Uh, again, it's the promo code STU at jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I'm joined once again by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming in uh, next at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be an incredible Valentine's Day extravaganza, I'm sure. Glenn, welcome to the program. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's going to be it's going to be lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got the roses and the candlelight and everything else. So, is, is it, is how are you used to? PG, PG-13. What should we expect on the rating on this one tonight? It's explicit. <laughs> we're going to be naked, all of us. <laughs> really? Because uh, our topic is the naked power of Joe Biden. Mm. And we thought we'd do a little something different. We'd, we'd do it naked. Yeah. That's uh, uh, not a good... It'll be something you can't unsee. Let's <laughs> just say that. Is it available in audio yeah. podcast? I think people are going to be interested in, in that particular broadcast tonight. No, it's, it's only... But remember, <laughs> in space, they can't hear you scream. Okay. So 
That's good. That's good. Those people up in the space station, they're going to enjoy it. You're gonna, uh, well, at least we'll think they enjoy it. We won't be able to hear them scream. No, so. we will not. Uh, you have, uh, you know, Joe Biden's power coming up uh, tonight. But can mm-hmm. we speak? Naked power. Naked power. Can we speak briefly about his mental acuity uh, and, and attempts to actually exercise this power? Because I was gone when all of this broke last week. And I, I, I mean, it was... Something we all know, it was something we've all said. Every conservative on earth has pointed this out a million times. There's been all sorts of denials no, from no, the media. It, can we just make this not about politics? This is what you need mm-hmm. to say to your you know, Democratic friend. Would you give the keys to your car for him to drive home? If they answer yes, they're, they're just completely, they're, they're a liar. If uh, they say no, then you just ask, why would you give him the keys to the nuclear football? (laughs) And by the way, he's on his own this week because uh, 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 Secretary of Defense is what is he? He's vacationing now or resting comfortably or I don't even know. But he's the guy that is supposed to brief him when they open the football. So so he's Joe's on his own and it makes me feel good. Warm, about 8,000 degrees warm right here in my heart. (laughs) Uh, They're saying now 86% of voters say that Joe Biden is too old to serve another term. This is a massive problem for them. See, this is, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm having a real problem with uh, the terminology. Like this was a border bill. This wasn't a border bill. This was a, uh, a, an immigration bill. That's what that was. We don't need an immigration bill right now. We need a border bill. When they say that Joe Biden is too old, he's not too old. Look at uh, uh, Dershowitz, who was on our show this week. I think he's as old, if not older Older. than the president. Mm -hmm. And he's fully there. Mm -hmm. It's a competence problem. It is a mental acuity problem. It's not an age problem. People age differently. I know people who start to, you know, lose their, their, their way when they're in their 60s. I mean, look at me. You want me as president? No. So I'm just saying. Oh, sorry. Let's be I, I, accurate on the terminology. You lost me there. I was. I just uh, started picturing that for a second, and the explosions yeah, were the very power. distracting. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it was amazing to see this come out in this report because, look, if he had documents at his house, seems like he did it on purpose. Seems like any other person would have been, you know, uh, charged with a crime. The fact that he was not charged and the reason he was not charged is because he's just a forgetful old man, I think was actually more damaging than the conviction. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But what are you going to do about it? We talked to um, uh, Senator uh, Schmidt from Missouri today on the radio program, and and he was talking about, you know, the 25th Amendment. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So what difference does it make? So now he gets away from the charges because he's a feeble old man. Everybody says that. He's upset about it. Oh, well, what's going to happen? Nothing. I mean, I I do think it's a problem, at least for him in the election. You're right. He's not going to get removed from office. Number one, because it would be, you know, problematic to the Democrats opportunity to keep power. But number two, I mean, the 25th Amendment has to come from his cabinet. These are all people that are dependent on him. For power, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they're not going to say, "Hey, yeah, no, let's bring Kamala." And Kamala would bring in all her own people. Like this, they they have to hold on so, to this. 
so let me ask the American people, what did you say? It was 83% said was that he, he's too mm-hmm. old to run? 86%. Okay. You're saying that because you're seeing the way he acts and the way he talks and, you know, he doesn't know where to stand. He doesn't know where to get off, how to get off the state. He knows nothing. Who's really running the White House? Who's really running the most complex, you know, organ in the world? You're not, you know, it just doesn't run itself, especially when they're doing all kinds of things and adding new kinds of things to all of the um, administrative offices. Who's making those calls? Who's drawing up those bills? Who's instructing? Because it ain't Joe Biden, and you know that. Mm. Shouldn't we know who's actually running our country? It's a scary question, and I'd assume you have a lot more on this tonight. I mean, considering you're talking about, like, this power that clearly exists, right? I mean, the guy's still the president of the United States. It doesn't matter how many times he can't find where to stand behind a podium. He's still got more power than basically anybody on Earth. And that's a terrifying thing, because if he's not utilizing it, somebody else is. Yeah, and I think that's well spoken, except I notice you refuse to use the phrase naked power. <laughs> and if you use the, the word naked power and then you see him kind of trying to get away from the podium, you're like, no, 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 stand right there. Stand, stand there. Stand there. No, please stand behind, behind, behind directly the behind the podium. Um, I, I will say, Glenn, when I when this news broke and I was reading you know, most of the news when I'm on vacation, I try to stay away from. But this one broke through. It was a big story. And I'm, I'm reading it. And, and the, my first thought is not, gosh, we are screwed. The, the country is screwed. We have a guy who's comp- we can't even remember when he was vice president is running the country. This is terrifying. My first thought was this damn bet with Glenn. I, I'm going to lose this, aren't I? <laughs> this is. This is actually going to ha- I'm going to have to bring in a thousand dollars and hand it to him on the air, aren't I? I could hold you to that, but I'm not going to because the bet was he won't be the candidate in November and Michelle Obama would be. So, right. you know, we might just have to call it a draw. Yeah, I know. That. It might be one of these things where it just and remember this kindness. Remember this kindness when. He is the candidate in November. <laughs> <laughs> it is terrifying, and it, it just shows. I mean, it, 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 like, I was looking at some of the, the uh, betting markets today on, uh, on who's going to be president. And, like, Joe Biden, who is, you know, again, he's the president of the United States currently. Like, he's actually the president. And he's in the 30% area to win uh, the presidency and like 70% to win his own party's nomination, even though he's got it all wrapped up unless he falls over tomorrow. Um, It it is incredible how little faith people have in this guy, considering he's the standard bearer for one of the two major parties. Well, I will tell you this. The Democratic Party came to Woodrow Wilson. It was about this close, I believe, to the the next um, election maybe a little farther out. And um, they said, you're not running for president a second time. You're not going to do it. You, you, you can't be the president. It was, I think, his third term. And they said, you know, you, you, your wife is running everything. <laughs> she's taking your pen and her hand, and she's writing your name on, you know, bills you have to sign. And it was his own party that said, we expose you unless you say, I'm not running again. I mean, where are those where are those Democrats? I mean, is it do we really only care about p- 
power that much mm. that we'll take a guy and destroy him. I mean, using it, this is elder abuse by his family, I believe. Um, and we'll just do this. We don't care. There's not enough people in Washington that actually care about the integrity of the United States and the presidency. That's sad. It really is. Uh, you also mentioned, Glenn, the border bill, which uh, was not a border bill. Uh, and then it's now com- it's like mm-hmm. converted into this Ukraine, Taiwan, Israel bill uh, that the Senate Republicans pushed through there. You know, who knows what's going to happen with this? I mean, the, you know, Johnson's going to do what he can to block it in the House, but he, he really can't fully stop it. I mean, they could theoretically go around him. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this this issue is so toxic for Democrats. They know it is. We're still seeing records crossing the border. Is this the type of issue that actually can change the, the face of this election? Or is this one of those things that, you know, people forget about in three or four months? No, I think there's a couple of things that will change the election, the economy. I don't know if you saw the Dow went down 500 points yesterday because inflation uh, started to spike back up. So the economy, um, any kind of terror attack that that will just decimate, decimate uh, anybody. I mean, you might as well just have Donald Trump start serving in November. It will be such a landslide if, God forbid, something like that happens. Um, uh, the border, the crime, the, all of that matters. And the the Democrats have no place to hide on that, even from their own people. When you read about the Democrat and Democratic socialists of America turning on Joe Biden, uh, in Chicago, of all places, and saying this is not sustainable. You have the black population, at least the leaders saying this, the black you know, self-appointed leaders of that community in Chicago, they're saying, you've got, you've got people coming in who we don't even know who they are. They're getting hotel rooms. They're getting jobs. Meanwhile, the people who are citizens, you've never done anything like that for them. You've got a real, real problem on your hands if you're a Democrat. But as we outlined on today's show, that's why Facebook is and YouTube are now throttling us like crazy. They're throttling everybody who speaks out against the administration and against their so-called progress in whatever form it is. Um, Voices like like ours on the blaze are going to be harder and harder to find. And that's. You know why I said most of the people watching now, I'm sure, are subscribers. Um, but that's why I, I plead if you're watching on Pluto or any other format, please join us at The Blaze because you're not going to get us in your feed. You're not going to just see us and go, oh, oh, I forgot. What are they talking about today? You're going to have to seek us out. Um, that reduces our footprint and the footprint of every single person who is doing this online. Um, they're going to shut down all of us, never shut us down. They'll just make it impossible for you to hear us. Mm. Well, uh, you should subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. You can subscribe there. If you use the code Stu, you'll save some cash. Uh, Glenn, thanks so much. Your special is 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. And uh, so, of course, uh, become a subscriber because honestly, I mean, look at just the stuff that came out today. Uh, Steve Baker had another report yeah. on January 6th. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff. We're having him on the radio show tomorrow. Oh, good, good, good. Because yeah, it's great. I, I Brought mean, to you by Little Carrot. By the- not big carrot. No, little carrot. Big carrot wouldn't sponsor us. They're like, oh gosh, no, we no. can't. We can't sponsor those guys. No. But little tiny. Are you actually little eating carrot. carrots? 
Why, why would you? Okay. Well, happy Good Valentine's Day to. At least Glenn that's Beck. what my mother always said. Yeah. What did but she also said I'd die of eye cancer because I sat too close to the TV. So what did she know? You well, know? I, your eyes are terrible. I think she actually nailed that one. <laughs> actually, might be true. <laughs> Glenn, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, it's sad but true that George Santos is gone and his seat is now lost. Last night, Democrats uh, flipped George Santos's former New York House seat in a high-stakes special election. Yeah, a special election which was caused by Republicans to even occur. Now, look, George Santos, I don't think he was very good. I didn't know anything about him uh, before he was elected. And apparently, neither did his voters. That's kind of what we learned with George Santos. Um, but that being said, uh, I, you know, he deserves due process like anybody else. He was thrown out before he was convicted of any crime. And I don't think that's typically the right thing to do. Uh, in this particular case, it wasn't like, you know, oh, well, you know, we're pretty sure he murdered 10 people. I don't know if we want him around. The ha- I mean, he, he definitely lied, maybe some fundraising stuff. Uh, suboptimal to to be certain, but you easily could have let him hang on for a few more months and just, he'd already said he wasn't running again, so this would have been over anyway. Instead, you force now Republicans to have an even smaller majority, only if, well, now it's 219 to 13. So 219 to 13, uh, for those mathematicians out there, if you lose three seats, you got 216, 216 on any vote. So you really can't lose almost anything. Um, now, that's a major problem for a bunch of different reasons on a bunch of different issues. But, uh, you know, it's just, it was already really hard, as we've seen and talked about today, to get anything done in the House. And now it's even harder. And this one's self-inflicted. I mean, look, Santos is not, not no saint. You're not going to sit here and celebrate his uh, illustrious life in the House. But if he just let him retire at the end and go away and deal with his own legal problems, you may have had a better run here. And uh, that's just not the way Republicans seem to ever think about it. Democrats always do. I mean, Menendez will be there till the end of time, apparently. But that's the way this works. AOC is one of the voices in uh, Congress, and uh, she is one of those 213 votes. She says <laughs> the fact that they're trying to do this with straight face is Awesome. I love watching this. AOC defends Biden as one of the most successful presidents in modern history. I mean, can you at least try to say something that is possibly saying that someone could theoretically believe? Apparently not. She says, I know who I'm going to choose for president. It's going to be one of the most successful presidents in modern history. He passed the inflation reduction. No, 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 he didn't pass the Inflation Reduction. He passed the Inflation Reduction, I guess, Act that got us the American Rescue Plan, not really, that ensured that we could pass one of the largest federal investments in climate change in U.S. history. It's weird. You didn't really promote that at the time. That was we were told that it was just reducing inflation. Um, But here she is also talking um, uh, about the the real cost and, and things to worry about, the threats coming from a potential Donald Trump election. We need to understand what we are staring down in this country. You know? If Donald Trump is elected president of the United States, right. we do not know, we don't know if there will be 
a verifiable next election that has integrity. He already tried. That's weird. To, uh, we saw on January 6th, huh. he tried to overturn the results of a presidential election by force, by inciting oh, a riot. Gosh. And I, you know, I, I think we need to be very, very realistic like- about the grave, grave impacts of a Donald Trump election. It is not a joke. It is not a game. We need to protect our democracy. And ideally, it's going to be on progressive values. I thought we weren't supposed to question election results and their legitimacy. Wasn't that something that we all agreed on? But now we're allowed to do that when it's the other side, right? Like that's totally allowed, totally understandable. I got it. I'm glad we know the rules here because knowing the rules is is part of the battle. And uh, this is going to be an ugly one, a very stupid, stupid, ugly battle. What if you're going to meet your real estate agent and they're you get, trying to get rid of the serious paperwork and then you realize it's like AOC? She's like, um, your house, like we should put it on the market. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. That's why you need realestateagentsitrust.com. I can assure you, this is, this is something I got from the owner of the company. Nobody as dumb as AOC is accepted by realestateagentsitrust.com. That's one of their metrics. Like if you're anywhere close to the IQ of AOC, automatically disqualified. Uh, these are the best agents in the area. They know uh, that they, they can do business better than anybody else. They're the top sellers in the area. They know the lay of the land. They know the market. They know the school systems. They know everything about, about your area, whether it's across the street, whether it's across the country. These agents are fans of this show usually too, so they're going to have something in common starting out as a good way to start a conversation not feel completely awkward because if you do your AOC impression, they're going to think it's funny. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. Just go there. Get the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Remember back in, uh, this is a dark time, and I don't want to remind you of it, but 2019, 2020, remember that period? And there was something that came around, you may recall, called the Wuhan flu and the China flu, the China virus, people were calling it. And that was hateful. We know that was wrong. That was a real problem with the whole COVID situation. It was people uh, targeting Asians because they thought if they looked Asian, that maybe they were Chinese and the, the Chinese People were responsible for, I don't even understand the logic that went on here, but uh, people got really mad when you called it Wuhan flu for a while. And then we had another incident where they called it monkeypox. Remember monkeypox? That was was bad for the monkeys or, or something. Well, I'm glad those times are behind us, and I want you to know that they are fully behind us. We're never going to do that again. By the way, also, elderly Alaska man is the first reported person to die of recently discovered Alaska pox virus. Now, this is a sad story, and I feel bad for this guy. He apparently was, uh, he had a stray cat in his home, and the cat was hunting small animals and maybe got this virus from doing so and then was scratching the patient like crazy because that's what cats do. They scratch you all the time. Um, sad story here. This guy died. I, don't, I, don't, I hope this isn't going to be, you know, like the, the beginning of every movie about some outbreak where they have the dumb news reporters like, oh, can you believe a, a virus has broken out? I mean, I, we don't know much about it. But and then they play that back at the beginning and then everyone's in like quarantine for the rest of their lives. So hopefully not. But the bigger issue is we may all die from Alaska pox, but hopefully soon we'll change the name to something that doesn't anger Alaskans. That's the important part of any disease outbreak. Okay, so here's what happened. You know, it's Valentine's Day. 
And I hope you're going to have a wonderful Valentine's Day with your loved one. Not everyone has a loved one, though. Some people have an ex-loved one, someone they used to love and now despise. And how do you get them a nice Valentine's Day present? Sure, you can put an explosive under uh, their Subaru, but that, that to me is, you know, that's, there's legal issues with some of that stuff I don't want to get into. So what else can you do? Well, you can, of course, name a cat after them and then neuter the cat. It's really an, a, a legitimate service being offered in New Jersey. Some things shouldn't breed. A New Jersey animal shelter will name a feral cat after an ex and then neuter it. So if you have someone you despise, like, hey, Bob, Bob the cat has now been neutered. Here it is at Valentine's Day, it's only 50 bucks. And again, it says neuter your ex for Valentine's Day because some things shouldn't breed. Shockingly enough, this is a New Jersey-related story.